Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. What is that I hear? What's going on? I mean, I got a Steelers hat. <laughs> Gary, I'm people, so ready. People, people thought this was a Pirates podcast. Um, did you check your calendars? It's going to be a Pirates podcast. It is. But I'm just not going to get into it. It's not a little celebration. <laughs> yes. Now, you didn't sing, so that's a that's that's a bonus at this point. So we're back. Yeah. We're back well, at Christmas the is over. <clears throat> and I don't care how bad they look. <laughs> I'm happy to be in the playoffs, man. I'm so excited great equalizer of weather and everything we're going to get to watch too man it's going to be fun and i just was not going to let a pittsburgh recorded show go by without talking about the pittsburgh steelers in their first playoff game this year no you listen this town is is always jumping when the steelers are in the playoffs it's really cool maybe maybe someday we'll get to do that with the pirates again too Maybe we'll and talk. Maybe we'll talk about that. We'll here. talk about the pirates. We're going to jump right into it. First, I got to introduce this Barry White sounding mofo here, Jim Stam. He's he's yeah. sick. He he caught whatever Jim Little James Littleton had, even though he didn't go anywhere near him. And yeah, he's this, sick. This is uh, probably a parting gift from Pirates Fest. I uh, I'm hitting about 101 on the jugs gun slash. Uh, thermometer right now and uh, I'll do my best to help you guys out today but uh, Sean good good news you get to do some heavy lifting today brother <laughs> there's the second oh. intro back to the show good friend of ours Sean Conley it's been too long my friend from the great state of Texas how are you my friend I'm doing great man like you said Steelers are in the playoffs you can't get any better than that no, we can't. And you're probably going to get to watch Dallas bow out way too early again. Because Dak's just can not dream. good enough. What a shame. What a shame it's going to be. And mm. it would be a real shame if if the wind was so strong that that poor Mr. Allen couldn't throw the football the right way. Man, that would stink. I sure would hate to win that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, it, like it matters. I don't care if it's 2 nothing. I don't either, brother. Let's go all safeties. Let's start out with a, a, a conversation that I think is kind of going to be fun because there's really nothing negative about it. Pirates agreed to terms with every single one of their arbitration eligible players. We'll go through the list. Um, we'll finish with the two and real important ones. But Oliveris, new to the team. 1.35 million, a little bit under what his estimation was, which those estimates are nothing more than estimates to begin with. So really, who knows what the teams had had in mind to begin with. Um, Connor Joe, 2.125 million. That's actually a little more than his estimate was. JT Brubaker, we heard about the other day, a little bit under. That, that makes total sense. Baraki was a long time ago. And then we got David Bednar, 4.5, and Mitch Keller, 5.4, which was under his six. So they came in under on a lot of guys. Um, I, I, first thing I got asked about was, does this mean that they can't extend Mitch Keller? No, they could just tear this up tomorrow if they want right. to. So um, yep. <laughs> it, it shouldn't change anything there. Good news is, I mean, I guess at least for this cycle, you can say they didn't cheap out on any of them, but they wouldn't have been here to have an option if they did. But uh, Sean, anything there surprising to you at all? Or do you just kind of wish that they would get to the extensions and quit messing around with arbitration? I uh, definitely wish they would get to the uh, extensions. Uh, you know, you see what other teams are doing, especially what our friends in Chicago have done here uh, today or yesterday. Uh, with the Japanese player and, you know, 5.6 sounds nice for Mitch. 80 million over five sounds a lot better. So yeah, hopefully they get that done. I would agree. It feels like that, that sort of thing has to be around the corner. This is step one. And I guess it's good that we avoided drama, Jim, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I actually really enjoy this, 
this aspect of things because you see guys get some money that let's be honest, you know, they haven't hit the big, big time yet um, as far as their contracts go. And, you know, health is, is, is fleeting and can disappear at any second. So seeing David Bednar, the fellow Yinzer get paid and, um, you know, know that he could be at least okay. If something bad happens, Connor, Joe, good, real good guy, good teammate. Um, I, I like seeing guys at least get to this point because it means that, you know, as far as their futures go, they have something to fall back on. So the personal side of it. I think it's funny here. Um, Daniel, he, he goes, uh, according to MLB, we're winning the World Series in 2029. I don't know if you saw that MLB put out that 10-year prediction of, of the World Series matchups and who's <laughs> going to win what. And then the Pirates win in 2029. It's funny. We just read that whole arbitration list. And not a single one of them would be under team control by 2029 <laughs> unless they were extended. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like, yeah, that's great that there that we had this arbitration. But, man, that puts it in perspective about how far away all this really is, right? Definitely. Yeah. You, you have, I mean, like. That it's almost silly to project that far into the future, but it is, I and mean, I think it was intended to be silly. So I, yeah. you know, it's not like it's not the same as uh, Nostradamus Cody saying it. You know, right now about somebody that he's filling out his sign fourteen right now or something, right? He, he's filling out his twenty twenty nine starting lineup right now. Yeah, that will Douglas be, Smith says will Nostradamus ain't correct. good with baseball, and he's right. He's right. So uh, Wilbert Matthews here says that's a bargain all day for Connor Joe, two point one two five million. Uh, I guess depending on what what they do with them, I I I would say for two point one two five, he's certainly not a guy that you're just going to option AAA. Not this team anyway. You know, so I guess in a way, Jim, that kind of salary maybe kind of locks him in a little bit more than maybe we want to be. Yeah. Look, I, I happen, I've, I happen to have, um, I went from dismissing Connor Joe at the beginning of last year to, to actually kind of really appreciating what he brought to the team last year. So, um, and, and underestimating what he can do. I actually think that, uh, if you play him a little bit more situationally, you might see even something better than that from a production standpoint, just because he, let's be honest, he played a lot and probably too much in certain circumstances and situations. So it's an interesting conversation because in order for him to play, you know, we talk about upgrade opportunities, right? So an upgrade opportunity is first base. You know, we've talked about like having somebody better there than Rowdy Trelez or Connor Joe. You know, between the two of them, they're they're making a little over five million dollars, right? So I could argue that that position still needs upgraded, and if it did, it would probably cost Connor Joe some at bats. I would think because he's I don't see him getting him in the outfield all that often. Yeah, I I don't know if they've got a plan for him to just be kind of like you know, super utility type guy, infield, outfield, pinch hitting, situational. Um, I could, I could buy him in that role. Right. Last thing I'll, I'll touch on here because we talked about extensions a little bit and, and Keller's the obvious one there. There is a, a percentage of the base that wants to see David Bednar. I, I, I can, I can see that. I wonder if that's something that, that a team like this should consider doing. If he's already at 4.5, you figure another year like that, which would already be three for a, a closer, which Jim, you know, is a stretch, you know, how long that you think that's going to go on. Right. Yeah. What do you do? He's so borderline. He's kind he's 30. Right. So, I mean, like, what do you do, Sean? I mean, do you extend David Bednar? Is this city betrayed? If you don't, I don't know. He can be your closer through this whole thing. Uh, I, it's a tough call for Bednar just because of how he wears out as the season goes on. He starts off great and he starts petering out as you go. And uh, just kind of alluding to what we might be talking to a little bit later, you know, later on in the year is where you might need him. 
So that's yeah. uh, I, I would say that you would want to see a little bit more of a commitment from him, not so much on the work side, but on the body side. So take care of his body a little bit more. Make sure that uh, you know he's getting enough rest. Make sure that he's not downing so many icy lights. That kind of thing. Jim, well, you well, are. I, I can't. I can't subscribe. But I didn't. I didn't say icy light mango. So you okay, okay. still do those. But Jim, uh, your your yins are supreme. I know that yep. David Bednar leaving would rip insidey parts of you apart, and and you would struggle to get through pretending that it was okay, even if it was the right move. What should they do, though? I mean, for real, is this a guy that you maybe throw a couple years at him, hope he'll take a reasonable deal because he's probably not going to be the closer? Because if I have a hot take, and I do, I bet Carmen Majinski is a better closer this year than David Bednar if we you, wanted to. Do you want to, there's more here, so do you want to take a quick break and we can jump back into it or do you want to We probably it? should, Jim. Thanks for being more responsible than me. Let's take a quick break. DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. We're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. And I ran long in the first segment. But that's why you have a good partner, because he pulls you back from the cliff, right? And so right. We took our ad break when we had to. Before we get into our conversation, let's read a couple comments that came in. Ian says, can't extend bed in our injuries and can't, can't pay relief pitchers with so many other holes. I would agree. I would hope that some of those holes kind of get closed up as well around him. But I do think that it's, you're looking at 4.5 already. Boy, it'd be a lot for me to think they're going to give him in the neighborhood of 10, 11 at some point you would think during that extension, right? That scares me a lot. I, this is where it gets awkward, right? For the The pirates and fans. And uh, it's not like I want to cheap the guy. No, I I legitimately don't know like that. I think he is going to be an elite closer for the next four years, even. Right. That's what scares me about an extension because I've already got him for two. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, let me just look at their history and where they choose to spend any money. And I just can't see them deciding that this one is worth it to take it on the chin because someone will give him a really good deal. Someone will overpay him and I hope he gets overpaid. I, you know, when I say overpaid, I mean more than I think he'll be capable of providing for that contract. He, he, you, you understand like, yeah, I do. I see doesn't deserve it. Um, I, I don't see that being with the pirates and it's probably, you know, one of the few times where I, I could say, um, uh, you know, I think it makes the most sense. So it sucks, Sean, because like, you know, the player doesn't want it. You know, the team doesn't want it, but he's going to have serviceable years left. The only way this is a marriage that lasts is if he is like a t- Kent to call me who just is going to take whatever they give him and stay. And just because he wants to be here and he'll fill whatever role they want. And man, just because I care about the kid, go get your money, man. (laughs) And I don't think this team can do it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The pirates are on a team that can pay $10 million for a middle reliever. (laughs) That's, that's just a simple fact. 
Yeah, it's going to be a tough conversation we're all going to be having probably in another year or two. Because yeah, and here's the last thing I'll say on it. I just think that like especially the kind of pitcher that David Bednar is is when it's got to be it's got to be power pitching, right? Like that's yeah. that's how he's gonna that's how he's gonna eat. And you know, um, there are other guys that might be able to get away with that. Um, if that starts to uh, subside and maybe he'll do that, but he doesn't seem like the kind to me that it, it is. It, I mean, I think he is what he is and that's what he will be uh, while he's uh, really effective. Like I got to read this comment from Graves here. Um, she said it before trade Bednar. Now he hasn't addressed his conditioning issues. I just don't trust him to hold up long-term, not asking for him to go on a Will Crow diet, but get in shape. Okay. Um, I don't even know what, I don't even know if he's really like got problems with that. That's just my assumption. I don't know. He looked okay to me at Pirate Fest, I think, but he looked actually a little bit trim. But I do think that what she says about trading him now, I think here's the problem. I don't think this team has enough credibility built up with this fan base to do that. And and here's why I think they might get baited into an extension, whether it's right or wrong, because I don't think they can handle trading this guy before like right now. And they need to put some wins on paper before they're able to get away with it. So I think they're going to have to place at least a small bet of a year or two, whether we think it's smart or not whether it is smart or not. Well, we just saw this play out with the Brewers, did we not? You know, um, when they decided to move Hayter. Yep. And uh, I can tell you that that wasn't well-received. It wasn't well-received in their clubhouse, I'm quite sure. Um, And the Brewers have more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? More leeway than the Pirates, so it it and are the pirates are the pirates dumb enough to do something <laughs> that they probably shouldn't do for the optics of it? I think it's a fair. Call. Of course they are. They're always dumb enough to do something like that. I would also say, Sean, I don't believe Josh Hader was from Milwaukee, <laughs> so I don't think that you know he was born and bred doing the Laverne and Shirley dance down the sidewalk. I, maybe it's a little bit different. But he was there for their uh, for their good years too. So he, how many NL Central titles did he win with them? True. How many games did you see Hater close out? Uh, and uh, you can see the attitude he had in San Diego as well. Like not going out for that fourth out. So and, and, and meanwhile, that, Bednar would pitch nineteen days in a row if if you let him. No, exactly. So uh, yeah. I think anyway, it's a, interesting conversation, and I think that. I think that the reason that we uh, we struggle so much with with this conversation is because of the hometown thing. If it wasn't for that, I think we could have a much more pragmatic conversation. But the reason that we we worry about pitching so much maybe is because of this report that that JJ Cooper did for Baseball America. My goodness. <laughs> it uh, yeah, fill people in on that because it's you know, nothing that we haven't seen. You know, like if you really think about it, we've watched it for a long time, but the Pirates are just one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball at developing pitching. They're the fifth worst. This is since 2012, the fifth worst in innings pitched and the sixth worst in runs against per nine. Wolf. Dead last in FIP. They've had 21 picks within the top 50 since 2012. And it's important to note when you're looking at this uh, study, (laughs) and it's pretty extensive, he's not just talking about guys that made it to Pittsburgh. He's talking about guys that made it anywhere. You know, he's given organizations wins for guys that took off somewhere else. You know, it's not like it has to be here. 
the, the pirates just don't have any. It's pretty sad. Um, they, he gets, he gives a Mitch Keller. He's worried about Quinn Priester and he's still talking about Shane Boz. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, pretty brutal. Right. So how do you get around that? Because there's an awful lot that the pirates do wrong with economics. We all know that, but there's even more that they do wrong. I think away from economics, this is the part of the game, Sean, where they can keep up with the Yankees and Dodgers and everybody else. Why, why aren't they? Oh, I think it's where they were putting their money to the, I think they had a large commitment uh, in the international side. So this just looks, this study just looks at what, who they drafted, not, not the international side. So I think they had a little more success there, but at the same time, it, it is extremely brutal. And I, I look at things that happened last year with uh, Contreras. I think these issues are still, are still going on. Uh, I think that they don't have the same tools that other teams have. Like that's fancy pitching machine. They have one in Florida. Why not get spend the million dollars or whatever it is, two hundred thousand dollars, and put it in Pittsburgh, put it at PNC Parks. So this way, you have all your pitchers going through that, and you have all that baseline data. So if something starts happening, let's go ahead and uh, start making those adjustments as we go. Uh, get your lab closer to home, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like and this way, not only are you more familiar with the player, they're more familiar with the equipment and what you're trying to accomplish. You're trying to build those relationships as well. Well, there's got to be something uh, there, Jim, because I mean, 2012 is not, you know, it's a cherry picked date, but it's been bad longer than that. If they went back further, it's not like the pirates are moving up this board. Well, you know, Gary, that's exactly where I was going to go is because is what I do like about this is because there's not much to like, but what I do like about it is, is it spans across regimes. So, we're not talking about just one GM here. Uh, you know, we, we could get to two and three and I'll be, I'd even say like, I don't know that they've ever been good at, at, at developing pitching, you know, uh, throughout, throughout their history. If, uh, if you want to get, if you want to stick at least in modern history, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, a, an expert historian. Uh, the pirates been around a long time, but here, here's my big question is everybody, yeah, everybody's not everybody. A lot of people are real hung up on development and I get that, but you got to pick the right guys first and then you can develop those guys. Right. So like it, you know, we could talk about development all day. That's what's key about this thing, because there's two plausibilities here from, from the, the data that, that J.J. Cooper gathers here. Either the Pirates are just that bad at selecting players. You know, they're just talent is not developable because it's not it's not translating when it goes to other places either. That's that's what this study shows. That's what made now, me think of it, by the way. OK, so if that's the case, that's one option. The other option is they're screwing them up so bad nobody can fix them. Now, like, which one is it? In all sincerity, and again, I'm not, I'm not a hater. You know that, but I don't see pitchers come through this system clean, and that has got to change. I actually thought that's why they brought in Dewey Robinson to start changing the way that functioned and everything. Right, so we should be starting to get some wins. And to be fair. We, we just got Carmen Majinski flew through the system. But, I mean, I have that on pretty good authority. They kind of just stood back and got out of his way. So, like, yeah. yeah, I don't even know what to make of that. And you kind of hope that's what Skeens is. And I'll take the free points, Sean, if they, if he gives them points for, for, development, for developing him or something. But, I, God, I hope he doesn't need it. I mean, I think the other worrying issue would be is if they did include 2011, because who was their first overall draft pick in 2011? Let me let me check my notes here. Um, some some guy named Cole. So he didn't exactly slide through the system super fast after being in college, and uh, it took going to the Houston 
to really get him going. He wasn't as bad as people make him out to be in Pittsburgh, but he wasn't great yet. Yeah, he so, was a young pitcher. I mean, I, and I, so I mean, when he went off, though, we would have gotten credit for everything he's done in his career. Is the point? Mm-hmm. So that would have been a developmental win on this scale. What he was studying here. So, right. Yeah. Well, I guess that's good. Yes, but year, it took him going to Houston. better. <laughs> no, no, for, what I'm saying is it took him to go into Houston and correct a couple of mechanical issues to turn into the Garrett Cole that we know and hate now. Yeah. And actually getting out of his way too. He wanted to throw mm-hmm. high fastballs. They wanted him to throw sinkers. Yeah. So, and, and, it, and I think that's a lot of the things too. So you have to be honest with yourself and understand who you're drafting, what are their strengths? Like you don't always have to sit there and say, okay, well, I'm I'm good at teaching sinker balls and this guy's going to throw a sinker ball no matter what. Like you have to play to their strengths. That's what you have to understand when you're drafting somebody. Your scouting department has to be in sync with your coaching department. And if you can't develop players, then don't, if you can't develop that guy, then don't draft them. Pick somebody else. Yeah. The story is not rocket science. And the story is oldest time, Jim. Yeah, and you know the fatal flaw in all this is for the Pirates. They they got to develop pitching. They, they just they have to. Like you know, we're already seeing, you know, what starting pitching goes for, and that's only going to go up in price as the legitimate starter market continues sure. to uh, diminish year to year because of how teams are using these guys. So, you know. Um, the the wins are just few and far between and it spans it spans regimes for all the people that want to defend certain GMs. Um I, I don't I don't I don't see it. It's funny you bring that up because that was gonna be my, my final point here on this segment where we took a break was I I honest to God don't understand how it follows regimes. <laughs> how does how do people not come in and just clean house <laughs> like like wh- that would it's be the weird. first thing it's, i would do it's right? almost it's almost kind of weird it's like the cleveland browns changing coaches and quarterbacks every year no matter what for how many decades it they just stunk out loud it did yeah. not it, like how how do you get that sickness out of a building i i, I don't know I don't that, know. Said, that said, I'm not going to say their development system is stupid and they're stupid for who they hired because they just hired our buddy Scott Siebel <laughs> to be a hitting instructor in the system. So hitting, they, did, they did one thing right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I congr- guess, you know, congratulations to Scott, by the way. Blind squirrel and nut and everything, but congrats to you, sir. Uh, let's take another quick break and come back here. Let's wrap up with uh, some comments from Derek Shelton and Andrew McCutcheon that had Jim and I talking quite a bit. At DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Canyon, glad you made it to the podcast too, my friend. And the queen has checked in. She just doesn't want us to overwork, Mr. Bednar. And I think she's there is something to that. They probably should mix up that back end well, a little bit more to keep him fresh. Yes. I thought she was I mean, talking about Jim. Yeah, I, I, she was. She was. But we'll 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 keep it we'll keep it focused. Well, but yes, that's it's my it's my love for Jim that is having me accelerate some of these topics through for us. We're gonna get this show done in, in record time today, which is under an hour, right? Yes, yes, but the Queen's point, Bednar, you have to almost save him from himself. He's that yes. kind of pitcher. She's right. So let's read the comments. Let's start with Mr. Shelton. Our goal is to play playoff games in October. 
whether that's winning the Central, which is definitely the goal, or being a playoff caliber team. That's something we are striving for, Shelton said. I'll be very clear in our first message during spring training in Bradenton in about a month that we should be thinking about that every day. I guarantee that every member of our staff and every player will have that goal on their mind going into the 2024 season. Do you want to stop there? Or do you want me to read Kutch's before we start talking, Jim? No, go ahead. Let's give everybody the full picture of kind of what I, what I put out there about some comments. Okay. And then Andrew McCutcheon, he says, this is a good ball club. Um, and that's what I saw when I was just sitting back watching. I'm like, man, this is why I'm here. This is why I came back. This is what I see. Now, imagine Kutch saying it because it sounds a lot more inspiring, I'm sure, when he says it, as opposed to me, because he has a way of making you feel like, yes, absolutely, I will run through that wall, sir. Right. Now, Jim, uh-huh. I'm not going to paraphrase what you said because you're capable, I think, unless the fever's taken over. So go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm semi-capable right now. Um, so basically, I'll just, you know, I, this is what I said, Okay. And so I want people to pay attention to um, the specific wording I used because I think that like it got glossed over a little bit. And maybe that's part of the problem, just in general. I said, Shelton in the first comment per Parado, Kutch in the last two per Krause. So that's where those comments came from. I said, look, I'm all for optimism from players and coaches. I said that because I know that that's, that's how they talk, right? He said, although Sherrington has chimed in similarly as well of late, but this is wild talk as we sit here today. It just is. Right. And we started bantering about it yeah. back and forth because Not I, I kind of, no, no, there's a lot of people involved, but I was basically just wondering how we're supposed to classify whether it's completely nuts or not, because they're the ones that see it basically. Right. They're the ones that they should, they should know their players better than anyone else does. Shelton said that direct quote at pirates fest too. They should know their players better than anyone else. Uh, They're going to show us whether they're crazy or not. I certainly don't see that when I look at this roster. Well, I, I think I think it's changed for me. Like some of it's a little more effusive the 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 wording than it had been in the past. And all I'm saying is is that when I see that change or hear that change in in tone, I would like to be more reassured when I look down and take stock of things. Now I say that as we sit here today and maybe that's the maybe that's the issue is that we can reevaluate look we don't have any idea there's so many free agents available and so much can happen i mean we're sitting in in mid january and so maybe that's part of the problem i'm just saying like as we sit here today i i would like to feel better about it than what i'm seeing sean what did you think of those comments before i fill your head with what you should feel Thinking. <laughs> yes. no uh, I feel like they have a lot of confidence in themselves. I, but I also don't see how they're going to fill the holes with what they have right now. Yeah, they should know everybody. Like they should know their players better than everybody else. But do you have any confidence that they know that? Have they shown you any like any kind of ability to develop their pitchers into major league talent over the course of a year? Do you think Quinn uh, Priester is going to actually take that big step forward into being a number three or a number two starter instead of a back-end starter? I don't see that. I don't see them opening the pocketbook to get those get, to get just pitching. And we're not even talking about anything like first base. Yeah. So I'll settle for big league pitcher before I worry about where he slots in. I'm like, yeah. but I hear you, brother. I do. And Jim so, likes to say a lot of times, like you have to, like, you pay for certainty. Uh, you pay for information too. That's the biggest thing. And they're not paying for anything right now. And I'm not a big, oh, hey, you got to open the pocketbook, have the best and the highest payroll in the NL Central. But you look at what the Reds are doing. You look at what the Cardinals are doing. 
they're shoring up their weaknesses. They're increasing their depth. Like the pirates aren't. It's just where where are they getting that certainty from? Where are they getting that confidence? That's, that's, I think that was part of the conversation sure. we had, Jim, yeah. was maybe that certainty is coming from they know something we don't. Not even well, just about the players, but maybe like things they're trying to do. Um, like, I guess what I'm saying is I didn't see any players that had any kind of boo-boo face about what might might be coming or might not be coming. They all felt pretty positive to me. You're right. There was a tone difference. I'm not sure I understand why they have that tone difference. I Again, I can't look at the roster and feel it. So to me, it's, it's all that. And I think what, what maybe, maybe the best way I can put it as far as the way I feel about this, because I actually think we probably agree, Jim. <laughs> I really, when, when I circle all the way back around on this, I think we probably agree. Cause here's where the way I would put it. I hope that they are at least good enough stewards of this team and care enough about this fan base that they would know that we're too hurt and desperate and, and beaten to throw something out there like that cavalierly, like getting the hopes of, of people up. <laughs> like right. I wouldn't do well, that. Like don't, don't throw out things like you're going to truly compete for this division. If you really don't think so, that's why I'd like to think it's genuine because the alternative to me is that they're misleading people that really were beaten at this point. You know what I mean? Like, right. And, 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 you know, some people's responses were, well, pa- players are always, you know, real positive. Okay. I, I know that, uh, but, but this was different. And I included Kutch because he knows, he knows what it takes. Okay. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't Ben Gamble. No offense to Ben Gamble saying they, they feel like they can surprise people. Like th- this was more than that. And from a guy that knows what that should look like. It's so, a lot that- more than that. And we heard at Pirates Fest because we, we wanted to circle back to a little bit of Pirates Fest. First, we were happy they took questions, right? I We should acknowledge that, Gary. Yeah, they took questions. We didn't think they would. We busted their balls a little bit for that last week. Glad they took questions. Good for them. Some of them were hard. And some of the ones they took were hard. Problem is, you can't control the answer. And I think what people learned probably the most at that thing is maybe it's not the journalists not asking the tough questions. Maybe it's just people really, really good at not answering tough questions, but sounding yeah. like they are. That's, that's all you're going to get out of this sort of thing. So, I mean, I was glad they took the questions. That's a good kind of accountability. And they did give us some nuggets and everything. But that's all it was. The event was pretty cool, though, Jim. What did you think? Your kid liked it, right? Yeah, he had a blast. He got to play uh, Xbox Madden football with Brian Reynolds. He almost hit a home run off Mitch Keller. I've been telling the story as he hit the home run. Because I'm uh, yeah. I'm an awesome uncle, but I don't yeah. know what you are. I mean, like I guess you're his dad or something, but I would just be pumping it up. That's all. Well, listen, you know, he saw one pitch from Mitch Keller and he just crushed it. And uh and then Mitch Keller, because Ben's not that old. And so like there was a lot of kids older than him, and he was like, he went, nice swing. And so dad <laughs> dad was really, really happy about that. So but yeah, anyways, Pirate Fest was was fun. And um, I went there for one reason uh, to let him have a good time. And man, it was packed. I will say this. If people stuck it out, man, things really thinned out as the day went on because of like the weather and the Steeler game was that day. And there were some real opportunities then to kind of like catch up on some things that you might've missed. So just FYI for future, for future people that might want to go. Yeah, but it was a good time, and uh, Sean, I understand why you didn't make it up. <laughs> but, yeah, Sean. But I so figured I'd talk about it real quick, because we did bust their balls a little bit last week, and I just wanted to make sure we did it. Gary, can can I say one other thing about what we're talking about? Because um, I don't know uh, if, if uh, we're going to be moving on or not, but uh, the only other thing I wanted to say about this is, is you know, 
people are looking at the record and they're, they, they want to say like, well, yeah, I mean, can they make another 10 game jump? Yeah. Um, but there were even comments from Sherrington said like, we want to win more than, than that coming up here now. And so, and, and, and what I, what I would say is, is like, again, when you're looking at, okay, people are like, like to use the diamondbacks right now. Okay. They won 84 games last year, I think, or was it 86 at anyways, um, the fever's taking over at this point, but the, 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 the big, the big thing about it is, is okay. Well, like, did that look like an 84 win team to you in the playoffs? No, they had, they had some talent, man. Like, like, so we, I, I just, I would caution just about going off record. Yeah. Could that get you in? I, I guess. Uh, but well, let's be know. real, Sean. Let's say let's we're talking about. There's a balance between the team telling us that they want to win more and us not seeing what we think would win more. Let's do a thought experiment, right? You know, I love doing those. So, Sean, let's say they they shock the world. They go out. They sign uh, Blake Snell. They're like, listen, it's been burning in the background this whole time we were going to get Blake Snell. That's, that's been the, the goal all along. And we've got him for, for three years. Here he is. And who cares what he's making? Cause we're just going out and getting awesome guys. Right. And then they go out and they go, okay, let's get Reese Hoskins. Let's put Reese Hoskins at first base. Let's do it right now. Why not? Come on down. And while we're at it, let's get Whit Merrifield. Let's shore that up. And let's get uh, let's get that dude from Michael Michael A. What's his name? I forget his name from the Royals last year. Taylor. Let's get Michael A. Taylor too. Okay, let's shore all this up. Then all these kids get pushed down to AAA. No big deal, right? But you're still going to have places where you have to have kids play. Like O'Neill Cruz is still going to have to play shortstop. It's still a question mark. You're still going to have questions about Jack Sawinski. You're still going to have questions about Henry Davis behind the dish. You still don't have that qualified catcher yet, right? Your staff is still just Blake Snell, who goes five innings every five days, Mitch Keller, a couple guys that you had questions about, and a rookie, right? So do you look at that and go, yeah, division? I don't. So my point is they could add and add and add. I'm not going to look at it and go division. I don't see it because there's too many questions no matter what that they have to play to me. I look at it like this too. Like what happens when Snell gets hurt? What happens if Davis gets hurt? You have absolutely zero depth. And those are the kinds of things you need to keep going. You look at the Rangers last year. Who did they sign? Who was their big signee for the offseason? DeGrom. Who got hurt? Degrom, and they still go all the way. Uh, I think those. I think you just have to have so many layers whenever you have, whenever you're building a staff, whenever you're building a team, that you have to have all of that going for you. And uh, yeah, I would say you can come out and surprise them. You know who was surprised last year? Everybody when the Pirates went twenty and eight in April, right? right. Who was yeah. throwing cold water on it? Sherrington. His spreadsheet said, like, well, we're projected not to be here, so we're not going to add anything. We're not going to do anything. And I, I'm just – I'm not saying that they aren't genuine. I just want to see what's on that spreadsheet that gives them that confidence because it's uh, it's very hard looking at it from the outside in to see where he's getting that from. Well, and – Jim, if I look at the whole roster with a positive spin, I can I can say it. But, you, but, if I, but, but that, I'm just not built that way. So I can't right. do it. <laughs> you have to look at uh, who, who you're going to bring in to, to fill those injuries because they're going to happen. That's yep. what happens. It's professional sports. It's life. And ahead, uh, no, our buddy Wilbert makes a comment. Uh, good to see Wilbert. And thanks for stopping by. And he said three playoff teams had a hundred lost seasons in the last three years. It does happen. It can happen. I think yep. that's what he meant. Yeah, absolutely. But like what I would Again, going back to just like not getting caught up on numbers on pieces of paper about standings and games won and lost. Like when you look at the rosters of those teams, like it's it's got to be there. That that can't be the, the like. There's got to be a lot of talent there to do that. And so I would just encourage people to like 
if you're going to pick out examples, uh, that's fine. That's a comparison to do, but then like really compare them and then see if they match up. That's all I would say. Yeah. Well, I mean, larger point for me is I guess I don't think they can get to a point where I would feel that way. Just don't not without just a completely running over the kids. Cause I would, I would, I would put Henry in triple a, I'd, I'd go and get a good catcher. You know, if I wanted to say I'm trying to win the division, and I'd, I'd go much more buck nuts with starting pitching than they already have. I'd have Perez borderlines, borderline bullpen by the time I was done. So like, I'm just saying, like, if I wouldn't want to sit back and say I felt confident about it, there's a long way for me to go. So when they say they're confident, yeah, I have the same questions you do, Jim. I just, I guess my, I leave a little room for, uh, they probably know there's some more stuff coming. They probably sure, have that's talked the biggest, about it. That's the biggest thing of this, yeah. right? It, it really is. It's it's a conversation we can certainly uh, revisit, uh, and we probably should once this is all said and done, and spring training is here, and we'll see where we're, we'll see where they're they are at. Let's talk um, about a couple quick rumors here yeah. before we go, because uh, Canyon has asked, "What do you guys think about the Pirates trying to get Imanaga?" Uh, I mean, I heard they were interested. But I think they're interested in a lot of things that they don't ever really get serious about. I They probably could have done what the Cubs did. I wouldn't even be surprised if they offered what the Cubs did. But I doubt they got into playing the options game that the Cubs did. That's the thing. The Cubs went really aggressive with options, which is, I'm sure, what Imanaga wanted. Pirates are not comfortable with that. I think they've shown you that even with their own extensions. I don't think they're going to do it with somebody from another country that you're already taking a bet on. Let's not forget like that Japan and KBO aren't better than double A, triple A here. You know, I think it's a risk every time you do it. I, I already think it's a little crazy how much some of these guys are making. And Yario Rodriguez is the other guy you bring up. Wilbert brings him up. I, I heard they're into it. I don't know. That I don't think he's a starter, to be honest. If you're not a starter in the KBO, you're not going to start here. So I don't, it I don't seems, expect it, that to magically change. Yeah, to me, Yariel is somebody that, for as risk-averse as the Pirates are, um, they if they were actually going to spend that type of money, they would want more of a certainty that that's what they were going to get out of it yeah to me he's a luxury to me he's a luxury for a team that's willing to spend the money daniel daniel says at least we're starting to hear that they were interested on players daniel we hear that they're interested on players a lot more than it gets reported it's just, like, it just doesn't matter like it's not something to be reported really it's and it's most of the time when you do hear it it's just the agent like even I just read today, like Joey Votto, um, yeah. Rob Beer Temple came out and he says, "Oh, uh, three teams are interested in Joey Votto," and then Joey Votto retweets it and goes, four now." You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, it's it's that kind of joke at this point. I, it's it's really just a matter of somebody. Hey, somebody called and said Joey's name. You know, or somebody called to figure out, hey, would Joey take league minimum? Just wondering. You know what I mean? Like it's very much grain of salt type stuff. Yeah. So when you're, I mean, with I don't find it to be a big deal when things are, you know, when when interest is reported all that much. Now, if offers are reported, okay, then I start getting interested. But the only other offer that we heard rumored on Imanaga was double. Ain't no way that was a pirate. I'm sorry. Come on now. Come on now. Let's right. let, let's pull our heads out of the sand at least a little, right? right. <laughs> like. That ain't, that ain't happened. So, hey, uh, we're going to end the show a little bit earlier today out of uh, the kindness of my heart for Jim, because I, I know he's dealing with it. And Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate everybody here. going through my snorts and sniffs. So uh, Sean here was a trooper, and I also want to make sure that Jim gets to make it to his son's premiere, too. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, yes. Sean, any parting words from you, man? It was good having you back around, man. No, it's great to be back. So, uh, as you say, you can find me at Sean P. Conley on the uh, X or the Twitter machine, whatever you want to call it. 
Uh, you can at me and tell me I'm wrong all you want. I'll probably agree with you. And uh, I guess just one thing, one last parting shot is I just hope that Sherrington's right. I hope Shelton's right. Uh, McCutcheon's usually right. So <laughs> if they are, it's going to be a fun season. So I am looking forward right. to that. It'd be great. That would be one of the most exciting stories that we'd get to cover in this city for a long time. So I, yeah, I can't wait and, to watch it and go follow Sean. You know, I I'm, I'm kind of a stickler on social media about people that, that don't behave on there and aren't good uh, contributors to it. And um, Sean's smart. He knows what he's talking about. He'll engage with you. Um, so I want to call attention to that when people are, are, are like that. So damn straight. Sean's good people. So definitely give him a follow. And then I'm going to selfishly plug myself, Jim. I never do this, you know? Yeah, dude, d- dude. Yeah. Please. We've done this show for a long time and I, I barely ever talk about it, but most of you know, I'm a pretty, I write a lot. <laughs> I write a lot about the pirates show. We do once a week. I probably write three, four times a week. So I've just rebranded my website. It's steelcitypirates.com. Um, you can go there. I've got, other writers, Michael from 412 Double Play Podcast is there. Uh, Ethan from Locked On Pirates is there. I'm trying to collect a bunch of local podcasters so we have a place to write and talk at the same time. And it's like one hub where you can come and see all of our podcasts all put together too. So it's a good place. Um, check it out and uh, hope you like it. And without further ado, can I'm going to throw something awesome. in there. Yeah. Can I say that uh, Gary's Five Thoughts at Five on Mondays. It's a it's a great read. They're very nice, well man. thought out. It's they it's five things that you should know about the pirates every week. And well, that's where the topics for this show come from too. So, <laughs> <laughs> the writing, the writing makes the show easier. So, yeah, good stuff though. Let's toss it off to Ben for the first time ever on Go Ben. Go so Ben. Stoked. Let's go, Buck. Yeah, buddy. 